This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Sponsored by Mountain America Credit Union. Guiding members forward for over 80 years. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Our next guests are the co-hosts of the very popular radio program entitled The Big Show. The Big Show. This is The Big Show. They call me Hollywood. Here come The Big Show. Big Show. show. Ladies and gentlemen, The Big Show. It's a big show. Everybody ready? It's Thirsty Thursday. Happy Thursday. Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Thank you very much for making us a part of your Thursday. Jake Scott coming at you from Studio 2 here at Vivint Smart, uh, Smart Home Arena Carrier Zone Studios. Austin hoarding across the glass from me and safely social distancing from Casa de Monson, the one, the only, Gordon Monson. Gordon, hello. Hello, Jake. How are you? I'm good. I'm good, buddy. How are you? How are things? You doing all right? Sound, you're sounding good again today. I'm doing just fine. Thank you. Appreciate it. And uh, Austin is... Uh, what would you say? Probably somewhere between ecstatic and miserable? Yeah, somewhere right there in the middle. Uh, Austin seems fine now. I know he had a, a bit of a, a, an aggravating situation earlier in the day, but you seem like you're, uh, you're, you're, you're doing fine. Thursdays are a big day for your guy here. Why is that? It's just the, the busiest of the week, yeah. Thursdays. Is in. I'm happy to do it, but it was busy. And once again, uh, Gordon, I'm coming at you from Studio 2 uh, because I, I like because I can talk to Austin and not to you, and I like this game. Like, uh, hey, Austin, did you know that Gordon is a... Wow. Uh, no, I didn't know that, and I, nor do I agree with it. All right. Mm-hmm. I like our new toys, Gordon, uh, in, in our newly rebuilt studios. If you were going to describe me in uh, in one sentence, uh, how would that sound? Uh, let's see here. That Gordon Monson has a... And uh, as well. Wow. <laughs> he never knew you felt that way about well, uh-huh. him. He still doesn't. Yeah, so that's... <laughs> yeah, I don't. I'm, uh, I'm out fact, here uh, in the... Uh, in the dark out here. So shout out to changes how I look at you now. A little bit. Yeah. Well, yeah. Shout out uh, to our uh, uh, our head engineer Jeremy Potter and uh, Ben Russell, who's actually our former head engineer, but now back helping us uh, with the rebuild of our studios. Those two are working their magic, and this new stuff is pretty cool. How how is day two on our brand new soundboard with our brand new operating system, Austin? Uh, I've I've this is the first second I've touched it today. Well, so. I've got I, I've got to give you credit and and Gordon uh, your thoughts here, but I I thought yesterday's show went very well considering the amount of newness that was thrust uh, upon you. Yes, and uh, I did see the picture of the new board that uh, that Austin had sent out, and uh, it is you're like uh, you're like an airplane pilot. It's it's like air traffic control in here, and it's uh, unnerving. <laughs> it's pretty fancy. Is it? I think once you get used to it, you're gonna love it. Right. Yes, it's yes. just a transition period that can be a little bumpy. And I thought about that yesterday, Jake, because you and I have very. Uh, uh, what's the word? How would you describe our during the break conversations? Uh, passionate. 
nefarious. <laughs> so, so if he just happened to push the wrong button, and some of the things that are are flung about could be bad. Could be bad. Yeah, yeah. Could, could be career enders for uh, for th- three hundred, Alex. Yeah. So shout out to, to Austin because we're employed today because of his talented fingers. But it is day two, so yeah. we'll see how it goes. We'll watch ourselves. Just think about that for a second, Jake. Do you know that, that Austin holds our very careers in the palm of his hand? Yeah, I've known that for a while. Why uh, Why do you think I, I treat him so well? <laughs> well? Maybe I haven't given that enough thought. I'd give it some if I were you. Yeah, Me too. Yeah. So. I mean, especially now. One, one slip of a... Of a button, or, or, or what do you call those doodads that you slide up and down? Uh, they're doohickeys, actually, yes. <laughs> yeah, we'd be in All real right. trouble. So, yeah, so be nice. mind yourself. Yeah. Be nice to your producer day here on The Big Show on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Uh, Gordon, we've got a lot to get to today. Very excited. Sam Amick is going to be on the show at the top of the 4 o'clock hour. Kristen Kinney joins us at the top of the 5 o'clock hour. We'll have what's going on at 3, including uh, some highlights from the Joe Ingles show today. And, uh, of course, we'll get into uh, to the latest. We'll be pretty NBA-heavy today as well. Yeah, I saw a couple things that we need to discuss today. That uh, and One, well, there's multiple ones, but uh, the two that I'm thinking of specifically, each applies to... A, uh, a major uh, issue of the day, one uh, sports inside the coronavirus and uh, the other one is uh, growing uh, awareness to social justice and injustice and some of the messages that are sent in the sports world uh, encompassed in that. All right. Well, uh, well, let's get started. Uh, shall we? Uh, let's get into it. It's time for the split story of the day. Two guys, two topics, two, two, two. two opinions. You talk, give me two. This is the split story of the day on 97.5, 1280, The Zone. And The Zone Sports Network. People say, well, you know, you, you, you can't play without spectators. Well, I think you probably get enough buy-in from people who are dying to see a baseball game, particularly me. I'm living in Washington. We have the world champion Washington Nationals. You know, I want to see them play again. All right, Gordon, there. Uh, that was uh, Dr. Anthony Fauci. Uh, that was from uh, a couple of weeks ago. He is back making the media rounds. He, uh, he went on CNN. He also had some other outlets, but uh, I'll, uh, I'll read his thoughts on the NFL. He says, quote, unless players are essentially in a bubble, insulated from the community, and they are tested nearly every day, it would be very hard to see how football is able to be played this fall if there is a second wave, which is certainly a possibility and which would be complicated by the predictable flu season. Football may not happen this year. Yes, uh, as I was uh, preparing for the show, uh, that that hit me over the head like a sledgehammer. I mean, that's he is he is one guy that I really trust in this whole uh, ordeal, and I don't know whether football is really going to going to uh, cooperate. Uh, that has not been their stance in the past. The NFL has already said that they their feelings on the bubble. They don't think it's uh, practical or appropriate. Well, Dr. Fauci disagrees. 
Um, here's a, a statement from Alan Still, uh, Sills, excuse me, NFL chief medical officer. He says, Dr. Fauci has identified the important health and safety issues. We and the NFL Players Association, together with our joint medical advisors, are addressing to mitigate the, uh, the health risk to players, coaches, and other essential personnel. We are developing a comprehensive and rapid result testing program and rigorous protocols that call a, uh, for a shared responsibility from everyone inside our our football ecosystem. This is based on the collective guidance of public health officials, including the White House Task Force, the CDC, infectious disease experts, and other sports leagues. So do you think that's enough? I mean, when we talked about this with the NBA, you were saying that you thought that some of the uh, precautions within and restrictions within the bubble were somewhat uh, redundant. Do you think that as far as the NFL goes, that testing is uh, pretty much enough? Well, Gordon, I let me let me give you my thoughts. Let me let me share it this way. I feel like the NFL should be left to make its own decision with the cooperation of its players. So I, I think that Dr. Fauci's opinion is is just that. I think it's Dr. Fauci's opinion. The NFL has uh, decided uh, that they're going to respond to it in its own way. And Dr. Alan Sills, I'm not sure exactly uh, all his background, but also a medical, certainly a, somebody from a medical background, uh, mm-hmm. or at least the doctor there would would appear. Um, so so I guess my my opinion to do to you, Gordon, is the NFL has to figure out the right situation for itself involving the the um, uh, the voices that they choose to listen to, including its own players. I, I think that they have the right to do that. And, and maybe Dr. Fauci disagrees with their approach, but they can consider his opinion as well. But I, I don't think uh, mm, I don't think that they should be uh, told exactly what to do, uh, certainly not by an epidemiologist, because. He's not into public policy either. Well, I guess it might be the NFL might find itself in a situation that they're going to find the doctor and agree with the doctor that fits into their economic plan. Right. And uh, I thought yeah, about that, uh, Gordon. The NFL has been ignoring doctors for years. Why would today be any different? Yeah. Well, think about it. I mean, a lot of times people will go to a doctor and uh, they don't like what they hear. So they, what do they do? They go to a different doctor. Until they hear what they want to hear. And uh, I understand that there can be variants of opinion on this. But when when Anthony Fauci says that, it caught my attention. And I thought that better be listened to. And uh, I don't know whether it will be. Uh, but Fauci seems to be fairly well versed. It doesn't mean that you have to agree with everything he says. But uh, I... I, I I think he's worth listening to, and but I don't think the NFL will listen to him. I I, I think they're going to go a different way. Well, listening to him and doing what he says, those aren't the same things. Well, in this case, maybe they should be. I mean, they should. Here, let me taking Dr. Fauci out of it for a second. You, can I tell you one thing that I appreciate about Dr. Dunn? 
who, of course, is kind of the, I mean, to oversimplify things, she's kind of uh, our local Dr. Fauci here, I guess. Uh, she she's a really good communicator, and I've really appreciated that about her during all of this. And she's been really clear though about what her job is. And she uh, she if you follow her on Twitter, uh, people ask her really practical day to day life questions. You know, it's, what a, I I've got uh, I want to go on a family picnic tomorrow. Do you have any thoughts on on that? And and she'll give advice, you know, stuff like social distance and, you know, the stuff we're used to hearing, but she'll always, you know, qualify it or come up at the end, you know, people need to make their own decisions and she does not make policy. She gives advice. And I appreciate that clarification because that's that's true. I, I'm glad that she was giving advice to the Utah Jazz on how they should handle that situation You know that happened in Oklahoma City because that's a great voice to have in the room right there. But ultimately, uh, it was up to the Jazz with how they handled the situation to be judged by history, right? And so, yeah, I, I think these voices like Dr. Fauci and Dr. Dunn are, are, are very, very important. But ultimately, the decisions are going to be made uh, by by decision makers and policy makers, and I think that's how it should be. Well, yes, that's maybe how it should be, but it's not necessarily the best course of action overall. Uh, if you take just solely what's in the best interest of the health of the players and and maybe fans, maybe personnel, uh, I think sometimes different decisions would be made than the ones that are because the economic situation comes into play. And we had uh, Dr. Angela Dunn on our show, and we asked her those questions, and she essentially said that <laughs> yeah, there are things to consider beyond just the pure health ones. And uh, it would be interesting to hear if it was only about health, what those decisions would be, as opposed to taking into so many considerations about finances. So can I, let me ask you this then, um, from a philosophical standpoint, uh, I made a joke earlier that the NFL has been ignoring doctors for years because they have. And I would guess that, you know, whatever, eight out of 10 neurologists, if we had them on the air right now and asked them if playing tackle football was a good idea, they'd probably eight out of 10, like I said, would probably tell you no. So, I mean, how do we justify then supporting a, a sport that puts lives at risk, Gordon, because it, the doctors out there say it's not good for your noggin to play football? I mean, how do we how do how do we justify that within ourselves then? Well, I, I guess what you do is you you uh, uh, you talk to the players and they can decide for themselves whether it's worth it to them or not. And obviously they're making a decision to play because, well, they, different guys have different reasons. Bang. Same well, logic but, should apply but, to this. But when you're talking about a worldwide pandemic, uh, I, I think that that may alter the reality a tad bit. Well, it alters the subject. I don't think it alters the reality. It alters the risk. It's a different type of risk. It's it's a different subject matter, but I don't think it alters the reality. Uh, okay. Fine. Well, but I'm not I I I'm, I'm not trying to bend you to my will, Gordon. I'm just I I'm just telling you how I th- how I look at the situation. For any doctor to say that uh, that uh, <laughs> that there aren't other factors that are coming into play here that are are, are swaying what the policy will be, then they're lying. And I, I think any doctor who has been involved with uh, the, the pandemic 
uh, falls into that same situation where they have to take other things into consideration beyond what is in the best interest as far as the well-being of the players goes. Uh, well, okay, but they're also operating in communities and they have to operate under their standards. They have to, I mean, you look at the list and, and I get it, the NFL is evil. Don't get me wrong. Uh, you know, I understand your point from the, the very beginning that they'll, they'll, you know, consult with people that tell them what they want to hear. I, I, I understand that. And yes, I have that, uh, that cynical opinion as well. But, you know, part of the message the NFL put out there was we're, we're hearing advice from all these different agencies that we have to listen to as well. I mean, if the, if the health department in the host city of the game isn't going to let them do it, you know, then... There you go. I mean, why does the responsibility solely fall on the NFL itself? Really, isn't the NFL's job to function under the parameters that they're given? I I suppose. Uh, I suppose. But that's, you know, this whole scenario is why I respect what the NBA is doing. Because they are, they are taking precautions beyond what it sounds like the NFL wants to do. It's beyond what college football wants to do. And if you know what, if NFL players aren't on board because they want some sort of bubble environment, well, then the the players' association needs to to raise that uh, raise that objection. That's that's yeah. their right to do that. And the, you know what, but, throw in the coaches too; they've got a union. That's their right to do that as well. We talked about that a little bit yesterday with the with the NBA coaches. Mm-hmm. So I mean, yeah. we have a way to figure this out so people can be, you know, comfortable and feel like they're doing what what is right. The first person who I, I heard, whose voice I heard, who cautioned against large gatherings of people, especially as it pertains to sporting events, was Fauci. And that's, that's when I really started thinking about it. And I think that's when the NBA started really paying attention to it as well. Of all the leagues, I think what the NBA has done has been most admirable. And I, from the, from the indications I get about what the NFL wants to do, is they are they are couching it with that those words of caution, but they're going to damn well go on and do their games and have their games the way they want to have them. Right. And uh, that's I think it's a different approach than what the NBA has done. Okay, well, I mean, and and I'll raise this thought because I I re-listened to our interview yesterday uh, with David Locke, and I thought. I thought David was great, but in in the PR discussion that we were having, you know, the the I guess the the additional we were talking about, uh, you, you know, they're not playing the PR game, and that Dr. Fauci doesn't play the PR game, and that's just not true. You know, we we talk about the issue. One thing that I'll always look back on this situation and think about is the the whole mask thing at the very beginning, where the the experts, including Dr. Fauci, were told were telling us that max masks were not necessary. In fact, at one point, they told us that max masks would have a negative effect on uh, on catching the coronavirus. And that, yeah, but you can't you can't judge people uh, based, or you have to judge them according to when they said what they wait, said. Wait, wait, wait! I know, but hold on, because we people have raised this question with the with the experts and said, what what about that mask thing? And their answer was they did not want to generate a run on PPP so that there was enough for the hospitals. Okay? That, that's their is that ju- what everybody said or is that what some have said? Some. But anyway, the point being, the, the, the point being is they're very much in the PR game. They, sell, they sold that message for what they determined to be the greater good. And maybe it was. But the point is... 
Well, that's that different message than, that's was, different was than just PR. That's different than just PR. Because I, there's a, they're, they're, they're trying to accomplish a greater good, which of course as opposed is, to just making something look good. Well, which of course is the the sheer purpose of public relations, right? Oh uh, no, it's not. That second the, part is, comes in. That second part comes in in a major way, Jake. Well, the point being appearances. Yeah, the the point being, they did it for maybe noble causes. I mean, I I feel like uh, protecting hospital workers is a pretty noble cause. But let's not right, pretend that we didn't adjust make, things for public relations. We did. But that's, but that's different than, than just trying to shine up a, a, an unfortunate situation for any entity, a company, a team, whatever. No, they're, they're sending the message, look how careful we're being. We're being so careful. We're doing all of these things. We're sending the right message into the public that we are being careful, so you should be careful too. And, and maybe this is all noble, but let's not pretend that it's not public relations or there's not a part of that in there. It's, it's the NBA I, saying, I, I, saying, look oh, at this. Man. We're doing it the right way because we won't let somebody wipe a basketball with a jersey. Look at how well Jake, we're doing this. So you should do it in I, your I, life too. I, and I'm fine with that I, message, but I, let's I not pretend that you're it, looking at the, you're looking at that from an angle that is extremely cynical. No, I, I mean, I, I'm just, if, if, it, if it's good, if it's for the good of the players and every precaution that can be put into place, then I don't view that not necessarily as public relations. I view that as they are truly trying to protect their players at every turn. Not trying to present a certain image for everybody. I look what we're doing. I, I think it goes beyond that. I think they are actually trying to protect their players. Oh, I think that's true. I think they're actually trying to protect they're not their trying, players. They're not trying to uh, present an image solely for the effect of, of uh, presenting an image. I think the NFL will try to protect their players, too. I, I, I think that uh, I, I never said the NBA was not protecting its players. I, I think the daily testing is a is an amazing step and by far the most effective thing laid out in that plan. That's that's protecting your players. Going to the extent to have the equipment too, where you can do it in a not uncomfortable manner, because that was a com- concern of some of the players. That's protecting your players. Create uh, an environment where they don't have to travel. That's protecting your players. Don't pretend like you're saving lives because you you are playing singles ping pong instead of doubles inside of an actual uh, bubbled situation. That's Jake, that's ridiculous. Jake, that's that's tri- a message tri- to other tripping, people. You're tripping up over little details. That, uh, that, uh, why not employ every single precaution that you possibly can? Because it's not necessary and it's foolish. In in public relations, it's different when you're just trying to salvage an image and you're trying to to show a company or an entity or a team or a policy in its best light just for the sake of doing that. I I don't think that's what the NBA is doing. I think the NBA is, is truly trying to take every precaution possible to protect those players. And they want guys like you and me to... Have to that say opi- that, to have okay, that opinion, that, that, yes. That, that, well, yeah. that's fine, but that's different than in some public relations situations. You see people absolutely telling complete falsehoods. You see that. You see that in government. You see that in private enterprise. You see that in, in, in well anywhere where there's a public relations firm involved. I'm not. I'm not saying that they're and, and, and spinning things to cover up uh, the Watergate break-in. 
But, I'm but saying, that's I'm what, saying that's the what NBA PR, is the, really cognizant about the message it's sending out there, and they're doing that on purpose. Yes. Well, uh, the, to the betterment of all, in my opinion. Fair enough. I think multiple uh, uh, points of view can be serviced in this whole thing. But, but, uh, but if you're but, asking but, me but, if but I think you. that by wiping off, not wiping off the ball with the jersey, that that's preventing the spread of coronavirus during a basketball game. I'm going to say that's ridiculous. I don't. I don't. So know why, why put that in? That. Why put I, I that? In? Why, why put that why, in? Why, why do you get hung up on that? They're covering every base, and I think that's for the benefit of all. And you're hung up on the way it looks, or they're trying to portray a certain something. When what in reality they're trying to keep their players as safe as possible. Why? Why get hung up on that? Why get hung up on the fact that if the NFL is not doing that? that they don't have the best interest of their players at heart. Well, I'm just going by what Dr. Fauci said. Okay. Man. Well, I'm, I, I, I'm no I'm no expert on this, but I figure he is. Well, I'm 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 just saying that the NFL's got to figure it out and they have the right to to do so. And I hope, you know what? I hope they heard Dr. Fauci's opinion and I hope they weighed it carefully. And in fact, from that matter, I'm disappointed that the NFL responded so soon. Maybe should, they should have digested his opinion. I, I think you can have that criticism, but I don't, I don't see any evidence that the NFL is acting recklessly because they're doing something different than what the NBA is doing. Uh, well, I guess it depends on whether you want to listen to Dr. Anthony Fauci or not. And if you don't, then, then you can draw that conclusion. But if you listen to what he says, that's what they should do, is create a similar bubble and play within it. Well, I'll tell you, I wish I would have started wearing a mask earlier. Me too. <laughs> so I did listen to Dr. Fauci, and, and I, wish I, I wish I would have started wearing a mask earlier. Jake, he knew what he knew when he knew it, and, and now he knows what he knows now. I and agree. He knows, Things he knows more. He knows more than you. He knows more than me. And I Not tend more to than wanna, me. I, I tend to want to listen to what he says, and I think the NFL should as I've got, well. I've got a case full of Zingo juice I just drink every morning, and I'm better off for it. <laughs> I wish I would have listened to the Korean Dr. Fauci who said, yeah, masks are a good idea. <laughs> Jake, I, 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 I'm not sure I understand completely why you want to make big issues out of little things and and then utilize that as a crowbar to pry open or justify whatever it is that anybody else wants to do. I hear if, if that, they turn around in three circles, that knocks the germs off their feet. Hell, we can't even flush a toilet anymore without it spreading germs everywhere. Right. Right. So might as well let us play basketball. Because so at some I, point, so at when some I take point, the toilet paper and wipe the seat, it's probably not cleaning anything off, but my mind feels better. So if I can't... Go to the can without putting life's in danger. Life's in danger. Then, well, you know what? At, at some point, at some point, I have to draw the line and think I got to live somehow. I, I, I've got, I've, I've got to relieve myself. So, I'm crossing the line. Well, I've been in a bathroom after you, and I've always thought that about you nice. uh, that you've been a threat one way or another, regardless of a pandemic or not. All right, stay tuned. We'll have more coming up next. Thank you. Oh, Thank good. you for that and my healthy. Uh, your your take on my healthy digestive system. <laughs> All right, more straight ahead. Big Show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.
Band of the day today, Amos Lee, selected by our good... Oh, it's the Yeah, Yeah, Yes. We changed it up. Sorry. Oh, we don't have any Amos Lee. How about that? Uh, Selected by Ben Russell, our crack engineer, and brought to you by Live Nation Concerts. Buy concert tickets and get the latest tour news and artist inside at LiveNation.com. Uh, Gordon, uh, you mentioned there were a couple of items on top of your mind today. We talked a little bit about sports and the coronavirus. What is item number two? Well, item number two is uh, is another big story that's going on right now. The continued emphasis on uh, on the Black Lives Matter and in trying to uh, create an environment from coast to coast that uh, engenders uh, equality and sends positive message in that, in that regard. And I, did you see that uh, Florida, the University of Florida, is discontinuing the use of their popular gator bait cheer at sporting events due to racial imagery that goes along with it? I don't think there's overt language in that cheer, that, uh, but there is sort of a connotation that the university wants to put it into, that gator chomp thing where... Everybody uh, does the chomp, and they uh, they they, uh, they they use that that uh, chant about uh, the gator bait. So I I you know, and let me give you a quote here. Um, While I know of no evidence of racism associated with our gator bait cheer at UF sporting events, there is horrific historic racist imagery associated with the phrase. According to, I think this is coming from uh, the university, some university official. So the uh, they are not going to use it anymore. What do you make of that? Do you think, where do you draw the line between those and those sorts of things in a sports connotation? Now, obviously, we can take it in any direction outside of sports. But what do you what do you make of eliminating certain cheers or certain traditions that uh, may have uh, been born out of that kind of thing? Man, isn't that the question of the day? Right. Mm-hmm. And, and that is something that uh, I have certainly given a lot of thought on a, on a lot of different things. Like, I, I feel fairly confident in my opinion that having a, a, a sports franchise named the Redskins, it, you know, let's let's move on from that. I think we're 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 past that. I you know when you think of things like Confederate statues coming down from prominent places, you know, I I, I can come along with that. I, I certainly understand. How about the nickname Rebels? Yeah, I mean, I, I think as as we kind of evolve and and get past certain parts in our history, then then we should absolutely you know kind of get get past that. But but where is that line is is a great question. I mean, in, in this uh, circumstance, the the tie is fairly loose, right? But if it's there, you know, is it necessary to have a, a cheer that makes others feel mar- marginalized? You know, not really. But let's let's get to another one that's that's been in the news. You know, Quaker Oats is getting rid of Aunt Jemima. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah uh-huh. they're they're moving on from that. So, you know, yeah, it's kinda, about time. Isn't it? I mean, come on. Well, well, hold on, because it's a little bit more complex than that. Right. And remember our conversation the other day about, you know, symbols get hijacked and things change. And so I'm keeping mm-hmm. that in mind when I think about this. But have you ever looked into the origin of of that branding? I mean, I it, it goes back over 100 years when they developed it. And actually, the actress 
that is portrayed as Aunt Jemima. She was uh, a freed slave. She was an activist. And she was the first major black uh, spokesperson in this country. And so, so, why, so what do they have against it now, then? Well, they I believe people think it personifies uh, a day and age that was that was maybe racially insensitive. It's almost become a a, a, a character, a character of itself in a way. And that's why I, I'm saying, you know, symbols change, things change. But where do we draw that line? Because if you actually look into the history of that brand, like that's. That's that's pretty cool, right? The first black spokesperson for a major, uh, you know, company in this country, and if you look at her particular story and how she was an activist, that's pretty awesome. So where where do we draw that line? I think the question you raise, I think, is really really important. And if the the imagery of that brand has indeed it, it, you know changed to again where people feel marginalized by it, well, then it maybe is something that we need to, to address. But I. I think it's 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 really interesting where we draw that line and where people choose to draw that line. Did you see that there are Texas Longhorn players who are uh, demanding, among other things, that the school replace its alma mater, Eyes of Texas, uh, a song that they say has racial undertones to it? Uh, you see the story about Jawan Mitchell. He's a linebacker for the Longhorns. He's, he says that... Uh, uh, he released a statement on his Twitter account uh, stating that he no longer feels as if representing Texas matches his ideals. Uh, this is his quote. When I look in the mirror in the morning, I want to tell myself I did the right thing. That should be everyone's mindsets. It's not about blacks versus whites or cops versus blacks. It's about doing what's right. With that being said, I do not feel comfortable representing the University of Texas. Uh, we pour our blood, sweat, and tears in every day so the city of Austin can enjoy their Saturdays. For once, we decide to voice our opinions about things that can help better the community. It seems they only have our front, but not our backs. People who want to create change don't care how much money can be lost, don't care about who hates them or any bad outcomes that may occur. Uh, the only thing on our, your mind should be equality. So I guess everyone has to do it uh, his or her own way. Didn't they change Utah man am I to Utah fan am I? I mean, how much do those symbols mean to people out there? I mean, can you simply change lyrics and, and maintain school pride? I mean, these are all decisions that uh, that I, I guess we need to be sensitive to and, and look into. But, I, you know, to answer your original question, Gordon, I don't, I don't think there is a de- definitive line, at least not yet. I mean, are, is Florida did- State still doing the tomahawk chop? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I, I I think that just asking the question, some people get tired of the question being asked or the idea being brought up. I think that's a healthy thing. I think that's a good thing to stop and think about some of these things that are sort of woven into sports or into tradition and, uh, and, and they are held uh, important by certain people and other people now saying, wait a second, why, why are we doing that? Should that be done? Should that be changed? And you hear a lot of people talk about st- sort of stamping out or stomping out uh, historical stuff. 
uh, I think it's important to be aware of history and then to make adaptation uh, where where it's deemed to be uh, the right thing to do. Now, that's where it gets a little difficult because different people interpret it differently. All right, we'll get to more coming up next. Uh, interesting conversation, though, Gordon. I, I think you hit the or, or raised the relevant question: Where do we draw the line? And I don't. It, it's complex. It's a complex situation. All right, we'll get to more coming up next. It is the Big Show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, ninety-seven-five and twelve eighty. The Zone. So put your hands together and please welcome. This is Utah's best sports radio. You're listening to The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Presented by Mountain America Credit Union. Guiding you forward on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. I want to remind you, Hanson, Scotty, coming up tomorrow. They're going to be at the warehouse, 86 East University Parkway in Orem. Prices so low, it will blow your mind. Gordon, uh, this is kind of related to what we were, we were just talking about in the previous segment, but it is a, a national story today, and uh, I'm curious to, to your thoughts. Uh, have you been following? Of course, Mike Gundy, we talked about him the other day because he wore a, a, a T-shirt and a picture was taken in his star running back um, uh, voiced his opinion about it. Well, Mike Gundy is back in the in the news again today, Gordon. After it surfaced yesterday, allegations that he used the N word in 1989 in a game where he was quarterback. Oklahoma State played against Colorado, and Alfred Williams, who was a former Colorado Buffalo, was uh, part of the game and uh, uh, raised the allegation again after he had mentioned it to Shannon Sharp, and Shannon talked about it on his show yesterday. Alfred Williams is actually on the radio in Denver currently. He's got a radio show there. He was a, a Bronco as well. Uh, but he is, uh, he is asking for an apology and uh, to see, quote, some growth, unquote. Uh, what are your thoughts on this situation? Now, there were some uh, report or the game stories from that game surfaced from a Tulsa newspaper where he denied saying that. Uh, but do you have any thoughts on this particular situation? 1989 was a long time ago, but it's obviously relevant. Uh, well, who am I? To tell? If someone was called something like that and it's been boiling with them all these years, uh, I don't have a problem with him asking for an apology. Do you? Um, no, no. I mean, uh, certainly not. I mean, Alfred Williams can ask for whatever he wants. Absolutely. It's yeah. it's America. And if that word was used in his direction, he's owed an apology. I just I don't think he's going to get one. Yeah, I, I that would be my guess as well. Has Gundy commented on it at all? Not uh, that. Uh, no, not that I've seen. I, I, yeah, the time element comes into play a little bit. I mean, if something happened 30 years, 31, what, 31 years ago, uh, it's, I tell you, I get it. I get the complexity in it because as time goes by, people do change. Three decades is a long time. Uh, think about some of the things mistakes that you've made in your life now i i get that it's if it's uh, a racist slur that is slung that that uh, that's more than just a mistake that 
when that word is used in my mind, I hear intent. I hear evil intent. Is that what you hear? What do you hear when you hear that? Um, sure. Evil intent. Yeah. I mean, I think, in, you know, this brings us back to the Morgan Scali discussion in a, yeah. in a number of ways. It, it can be used <laughs> in different ways. I'm not I'm not saying it's excusable necessarily, but I get the impression I did not see what the, the context of the quote was, but it sounds as though it may have been smack talk on the field uh, response to something on the field. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's uh, that's not good. Uh, it wasn't. It's not good now. It wasn't good back in 1989, and yeah, I, I can understand why a man would want an apology from that. And there were I, multiple players, and you know what? I I should have I, I should have found this before we we brought this up, but uh, you know he. It wasn't just Alfred Williams in that uh, write up from the Tulsa newspaper. I mean, it was. Uh, it was multiple players, and they were obviously upset. That was, I mean, that was the lead of the story. Uh, so I, I mean, and he denied it, and his denial was was not good. And that's that's why I wanna I wanna find out find it word for word. But basically, he said uh, I did not say it, and then added, "Why would I say it? Half of uh, my team is black, and uh, uh, I wouldn't say that out of respect for them." Basically, and then he went in, or and then he said that Colorado are a bunch of bad actors, and you can read about it in the news, and referencing some some things that had happened before, I suppose. But like it, it, his denial was not just a denial; it was almost like a, a denial, and then An well, accusation, <laughs> and then uh, well, I have black friends, so I wouldn't have done that uh, absolutely. To almost like well, if I did do it, they deserved it. I mean, it was a it was a weird statement. That's why I, I'm trying to find it. It floated. It was floating all around Twitter yesterday, and I read it, and I was uh-huh. just kind of, it was just eyebrow raising in today's day and age. But I I don't. If Mike Gundy apologizes, then that means he'll admit that he said it. And as we talked about with the Morgan Scally thing, that's a, a label that's assigned to you that that doesn't go away. And he in a in a sensitive position that he's in now uh, has a lot to lose. And, uh, yeah, well, it'll be interesting to see how that that plays out. But this is part of all these things that we're talking about, Jake, are part of a painful process of awareness. It's painful, but it's productive. It's, it's a, there, there might be some situations where you scratch your head a little bit, but it's, uh, many situations bringing this up is helping people make correction to the, 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 the ways of their past. It's got to change. It's got to change. And if I was called a, a name like that, uh, a word like that, back in the day, e- even on the field, I, I wouldn't forget that. And, and that, would, that would stew with me. That would not go away. Right. And, I, and bringing, that, uh, bringing that up, and maybe he's brought it up in the past. I don't know if this is just coming up now because of the T-shirt thing or whatever. But uh, th- that apology should have come a long time ago, if if that uh, word was indeed used. Right, and and well, yeah, I agree. But don't get sick of it. I, my, my, I would say this: our listeners right now, if you're if you're tired of hearing about that, it, 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 it's part of the process that has to take place in order for us to affect change and to, to get the message through everybody's mind or at least those who are capable of hearing that that's not acceptable. That's got to change. 
That's got to be erratic. It's got to be erased from your mind. You know, don't even think a thought like that, let alone utter a word that assigns meaning to it. Just don't. And that's why we talk about these things now, because we're in the vortex of that, trying to get this thing right. All right, real quick, just so I, I get it right, I don't want to misrepresent anybody. Here's the quote from, from Gundy, uh, and I'll read right from the game story. Quote, it's not true, unquote, Gundy said after the game in Stillwater, Oklahoma. They were doing the ta- They were doing the talking. Why would I say those things? I've been here for four years, and half my friends on the team are black. It makes no sense. Gundy went on to say that Colorado players were among the worst talkers in the Big 8 Conference. He said the Buffaloes made derogatory remarks about his mother during the game. Gundy also uh, instructed reporters to read last winter's Sports Illustrated article on CU's off-the-field problems to get a character reference on the Buffaloes. Uh, I, I'm, I'm not sure I understand the, how relative that is to what's, what the claim was. Yeah, I, will, I was unimpressed with the... I was unimpressed with the quote. I would. I will say this: that if someone accused me of using a term like that and I didn't use it, I would take great offense at that. Well, you know? and that happened to a friend of ours. That happened to Britton, yes. Britton Johnson That's when he right. was it was did. playing, and I was at the Final Four, right? That's right. Yep. And uh, Britton actually not only did uh, he get the the player to recant his statement at the time, but Britton actually caught up with him. Uh, a couple of years ago at a jazz game, and uh, the the two had a conversation about it. And in fact, that player expect, uh, expressed deep regret mm-hmm. to Britain for that whole thing. So, yeah. you know, that that is certainly something to keep in mind. We have seen it before. But in this case, according to the newspaper, it wasn't just one player making the alle- uh, allegations. It was uh, a number of them. It was uh, a number of them, including named Colorado free safety Tim James. Hmm. So it wasn't just, uh, you know, several players said this. I mean, a couple of players actually, or at least Tim did, put his name to it. So, uh, In fact, in this article, Alfred Williams did and, uh, and uh, Tim James did. So, Jake, let me, let, me, let me ask this question and we'll talk about it later. But uh, you, you brought up, we, we've covered a lot of ground here and there's all kinds of facets to this whole thing. From the nickname of a team to a T-shirt worn by a coach to an offensive term uttered. Uh, I, I mean, I, I, I don't think we've ever solved many of these questions. And maybe some of them are more to the point than others. There are many people out there who still, who still say that uh, the term redskin is fine for a football team. And oh, there's a lot of people that do. Yes. They defend it. They defend it. They defend it. And I, I, uh, it, it doesn't make any sense to me, but the, the, there are different levels to this conversation that go from, from that to brutality. And, what, what, and we can make sort of exit freeways, uh, freeway exits at each stop along the way. But all of them, it's healthy to discuss it. It's healthy to talk about it. It's, it's healthy to listen to what people have to say and how they feel about it. And that's the only way that uh, we can affect change. Uh, and, and some people might get tired of it, but it has to happen. It has to happen in order for the the good change to happen. So we're in the middle of it now. How about this for a plan of attack, Gordon? All right, you ready? Some of these are more complicated than others. Why don't we just start with the obvious ones? 
like the Redskins. Like, why don't why don't we start there? Because <laughs> you know what I mean. And, and, and work uh, our way down. You that's know, our nation's capitals football. Right. Team. I mean, it's just come on, come on. We're we're past that. There's there's really not a, a solid argument you can make, and we probably should have moved on from that one. Uh, you know, a while ago. Yes, I would agree with you 100%. And there's even precedent in that particular market. I mean, the the Washington Bullets changed their names to the Wizards because they thought because of what was happening in that city at the time that it was not, you know, appropriate. Bang. Mm -hmm. Done. Mm -hmm. None of us think twice about it anymore. Who cares? I personally like the nickname Wizards. Do you? You know, because you like to say the Wiz. I forgot about that. All right, uh, Gordon, we're going to get to what's going on coming up next. We'll get to uh, some thoughts from Joe Ingles, and we'll also uh, get some thoughts from Stuart Mandel, who was on with Hanson Scotty. It is the big show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.